you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL Podcast. Have a billion dollar idea. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm coming to you from a virtual room filled with heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Chris Wessling. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Yeah, buddy. West Monday, around the NFL podcast. Gotta love it. I like that money drop. I would say this podcast is the closest I've come to having a money-making <laughs> idea. <laughs> we just got to start making money off it somehow. You know, right. like, then we're real, then we're golden. <laughs> That's as close as I've come. You know, West Mondays are a hit when um, Debbie Rosenthal, my mom, chimed in and said how nice it was to hear uh, – Chris's voice and uh, how nice it is that my mom is just listening to uh, a three times a week football podcast during the middle of the pandemic. Not bad. Good job by Debbie. Studio audience. Huh? Incredible. <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. It's incredible. So is, is Deb Rosenthal, obviously she's a Greg Rosenthal fan and mm-hmm. she loves you all. That's, that's why moms, the moms are the best, but is she a, a pro football fan? Like, is she, she into it for real? She's a Patriots fan. I, I would say she's casual-ish, but she watches every game and she gets into it. It's definitely the sport uh, that she is most into. But as Lakeisha sometimes points out, uh, she, my mom likes listening more for like the the personal stuff. You know what? She she'll, she says she maybe tunes out a little bit. She takes it on her walks around you know around the neighborhood, and she might tune out a little bit when we're discussing Trey Wayne's in, latest injury, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's actually not true. She texted me about the uh, injury, and she's like, "Those are tricky. <laughs> Get those in the weight room." Bad news. That is one of Keisha's pet theories that a lot of the women listen more for personal stuff and inside jokes. Mm-hmm. But I don't. It seems a little that may be a little gender specific. We don't need the, we don't need to go there. That's a theory that Lakeisha can posit. Yeah, and, right. Okay, Wes is back with two shows. He's already getting into trouble. This is a new world, Wes. You got to watch there out. There are plenty of men who prefer 
the more personal areas yes. of the podcast too. Absolutely. I mean, I, on on Twitter, there's some high high level um, women with takes that go deep. It's you know, this isn't like Cam Newton, right, Ricky? Look at Greg's like I'm uncomfortable at all times. <laughs> stalking. Yeah, this Ricky, is it. it's not a Cam Newton situation. Yeah, I think you know the women probably prefer more of the football talk on this show mm. than than you know your BS that you guys talk now, about. Ob- obligatory, obligatory contrarian take. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but that is your quarterback, Greg. So you could put your bury your face in your hands and shake your head. But your quarterback said that quote about you know the woman in that press conference. Routes. You got to live with that. I mean, he's right. living with it. it was It was uh, not his finest moment, and he knows that, and he's talked about that, and I'm ready to move on. It doesn't feel like uh, a career ender. <laughs> doesn't feel like this podcast is ready to move on from it, but uh, he is. Um, this is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. You'll notice there's no Mark, Mark Sessler. There's, no, there's been no sardonic chime-in yet of any kind. Uh, Mark is moving. As you know, this has been going on for a while, and uh, there was some type of issue with Wi-Fi that hasn't been set up yet. So uh, he plans to be back on Wednesday. Wes, you have a take there? <laughs> no, I, I have no take. I when Mark, this happened a few months ago when he came on and, and let us know that that his landlord was basically booting him out in the middle of the pandemic and. I think he was in kind of a rotten mood that day, and he was a little surprised that we all understood to the degree we did. Like, you can be in whatever rotten mood you want to be for the next couple of months, because that sounds awful to be going through in the middle of a pandemic looking for a new home. Yeah, now that he's actually moved out and he didn't decide to, like, take this guy to court or whatever, if if you're out there, uh, Sessler's old landlord, you're a piece of work. Mark Mark defended you for whatever reason because Mark's a nice guy, but you're dropping this um, notice in the middle of the pandemic because you need some cash. It's straight up illegal, and uh, I would have I liked to see Mark take you to court because we would have taken you to the cleaners. We've got the NFL backing us. Greg Rosenthal, very <laughs> litigious. <laughs> we uh I will say just from the transaction wire standpoint, totally agree with everything Wes just said, everything Greg just said, but I did have to place Mark on the non podcast injury list. Uh so there will be a fine and it's it's more paperwork Don't than anything else. That. We all get it. Uh but yes, that's it wasn't it it wasn't a he's not missing activities because of something that happened mm. on the podcast. And that's that's just that's the that's the nature of the beast here. It seems like it all worked out, though. Even though, even if he's on this list, the place looks great. The kids were really excited to get their own bedroom. See, it's actually kind of inspired me that okay, I gotta, I gotta get my act together and move next off season. Oh wow! All right, so something to look forward to. Uh, Greg sharing things he'll be putting on his street corner this time next year, perhaps. All right, a lot to get to. Yes, Wes is on the show, so we thought it might be fun to uh, talk about potential possibilities, teams that are. Peaking Mr. Wessling's interest when it comes time to consider whether there will be a team of ATL, team of ATN, team of Westian, what do you, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we can't promise you there will be a team this year because, as we've said before, it's an organic process. The team has to just click with the uh, people on the show, most specifically Wes. But it's always an open dialogue and an open study. Right, Chris? <laughs> I, I love this idea. We are free to generate discussion 
about an idea which we are taking no responsibility for whatsoever, and we're not mm. guaranteeing there will be a team, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Mm. Seems like that's going to n- like nicely, uh, you know, slide about seventeen minutes into today's show. So at the very least, it will accomplish that. So I'm looking forward to it. Generating well, discussion that we have take no responsibility for is basically our job description. I mean, this that's is what perfect. we did. They can't guarantee we're going to have a 16-game season anyway, so why should we guarantee there's going to be a team of ATL? Mm-hmm. Right. We've been shooting from behind bulletproof glass for seven years on this podcast. <laughs> uh, we're not going to stop now. <laughs> Touche. Uh, let's do some news. See, podcasts are the future. You know, I was thinking, guys, it feels like a missed opportunity. Perhaps a missed opportunity. We worked with Dion for the entire run of this show. Dion, of course, uh, has exited NFL Network for perhaps greener pastures. Probably not, but he's with Barstool now. And we never asked him to be on our podcast. And maybe because he has such a high opinion of the podcast industry, he sees it as the future. <laughs> maybe if we just would have you know, spotted him in the, in the commissary or by the water cooler or by the copy machine, and just said, hey, Dion, you want to pop upstairs and do mm. 47 minutes uh, with us on defensive backs in the NFC, maybe he would have said yes. Well, you'd have to shake him away from his Sunday afternoon nap while the games are going on. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I mean, uh, I just wish he had said these words earlier, then maybe someone at the NFL, they would have listened. If Dion told them podcasts were the future back in the day, <laughs> maybe maybe they would have listened. Remember the old Eminem podcast? That was Michael Irvin and Marshall oh, yeah. Falk. Yeah. You know, remember the yeah. old R and B podcast? That that was better. Michael Robinson and Nate Burleson, but um, coaches you know, that was a great one. But the the numbers, you know, the numbers don't lie. You can put Mike Irvin and Marshall Falk on a podcast. Doesn't mean people are going to listen to him like this one. The the, the best part of the R and B podcast was, and this is you know, uh, Michael Robinson. He's excellent. Um, Nate Burleson. This is before he he kind of went next level in terms of a sports slash. Uh, personality entertainment personality and moved to new york and did the good morning football thing he was out here in la and sometimes the r&b podcast michael robinson nate burleson podcast would be wrapping up when we came upstairs to studio 66 to record and the episodes would often end with nate burleson in a full-on rap oh yeah. uh, he would do he would be they would have some type of beat playing and he'd just be like dropping those bars and and I couldn't tell if a real Rob was into it or not, but like <laughs> Nate was doing his thing. And then that's how many episodes would end. And I would just, I guess I wish Mark was here for this. It feels like we have that opportunity now that Mark is a rapper. Well, <laughs> I don't know if real Rob was into it, but TD was into it. Yeah. Oh, our, old, loved it. Our, our old friend. But yeah, he really set, he was a trailblazer for that. Uh, really set the path for Mark to follow. I'm excited to hear what Mark raps about next. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news. And yes, teams are practicing now uh, in some capacity. And with that, well, that's excellent. But with that comes injuries, which always happen this time of year. And they started to pile up a little bit this weekend. We'll start in Dallas, where Cowboys defensive tackle Gerald McCoy ruptured his quad. Oh, Maron. What an injury to suffer. Uh, that's going to cost them the season. Season-ending surgery coming up. For McCoy, the former Bucks star, went to the Panthers, now with the Cowboys. They're counting on him to really uh, 
provide some stability along their defensive line. He signed a three-year, $18 million contract this offseason, and now he's a 32-year-old former All-Pro that will be rehabbing a ruptured quad. Who knows what comes next? Big blow for Dallas, right, Wes? That's why they signed so many guys and draft so many guys to give to Rob Marinelli on that defensive line because it seems like every year half of them end up suspended or injured. And the bigger the name, the more likely they seem to be to end up suspended or injured. And in this case, you bring in Gerald McCoy early in free agency. This was a priority signing. Get him in there, rebuilding your defensive line around him, and now you lose him. They've got a lot of bodies to throw at you, and they've got guys they've drafted. Tristan Hill in 2019, Neville Gallimore this year. They're going to need some young guys to step up. Well, Hill didn't do anything for them last year. He was like a second-round pick who I remember going to their training camp from day one, was kind of buried and uh, never caught up. Greggy does Dallas? Did, didn't You're do much. About Greggy didn't, does Dallas? Didn't do much for them. And um, McCoy and Don Terry Poe were signed to be the starters. And, you know, with Marinelli now gone, you know, you mentioned it. it's a totally different defense. Not only um, – have we replaced Jason Garrett? You got Mike McCarthy. You got Mike Nolan, our old coworker, another colleague. We actually we did speak with Mike Nolan. He was a nice guy when he was at uh, NFL Network. But he a real he straight la- shooter that Nolan. Right. He was last, I think, with with the Saints in terms of actually uh, coaching a defense. And so we don't know what his defense is going to look like exactly. But I still think even with it, the Everson Griffin signing, they're a little thin there. I mean, they, they need one of those young guys to step up. Tyrone Crawford's been hurt a lot. Maybe he moves inside a little bit. But they're a bit of a, a mystery, and their defense got to look different. They're they're putting your boy, Wes, uh, Leighton Vander Esch at middle linebacker, and now Jalen Smith is now a weak side linebacker, and hopefully that takes advantage of Vander Esch's speed. But that that's a bit of a change, too, and, and uh, everything's a little different in that secondary. They lost Byron Jones. Like, they have a lot of turnover in that in that defense. Yeah, those two linebackers took a major step back last year from where they were in 2018, and this is not going to be a top-10 defense unless they return to that level. Mm. In other bummer injury news, Jalen Hurd, the 49ers uh, slash player, a guy that they really were hoping could do things for them after missing all of last year with a issue with his back, he tore his ACL, and his season is done, and... Greg, you've been kind of pecking at the Niners a little bit in the last week about some from some chinks in the armor. Jalen Hard heard what does his loss mean for their offense? That's just one less option. It, it helps explain uh, why they signed Tavon Austin and JJ Nelson. They're just looking for bodies there. They're thin. I mean, he it, you you feel for him. He was a such an exciting college player, and now is going to miss the entire first two seasons of his. Career, they are talking up Brandon Ayuk as having a nice fast start to camp. He's going to be a starter. Their first round pick's going to be a starter, and I think Trent Taylor, who's there and had a moment with Jimmy G three years ago, now is healthy, and I think he's going to be in their top rotation. But you know, that's it's those two guys and Kendrick Bourne are probably their top three receivers. I mean, you if it was a non Kyle Shanahan team, you would look at that and be like, oh, that that's a problem. They drafted Dante Pettis in the second round, and I think so far they've had the luxury playing hardball with him, sending him messages, drawing lines in the sand, and he's a guy they're going to need this year with all the injuries. It really makes me think, too, with rook not with just rookies, but just we haven't had like the same amount of injuries in the offseason because they haven't been playing football. And so you talked about this, Dan, um, 
last week that these you're just worried about all these soft tissue injuries are going to start popping up. And I think we're starting to see that pads just came on Monday. That's the day we're recording. And so I think the next three weeks and teams have aggressive practice schedules, a lot of practicing and pads, a lot of scrimmages. I just think you're going to see a lot of injuries like your boy, our boy Denzel Mims. It might be nothing, but he's been out three or four days with a hamstring injury. And when it when it's a rookie and there's only three weeks before the season, then these injuries are going to start, you know, becoming uh, more and more worrisome. I was speaking with our Denzel Mims media insider, Bob Bates, DDS uh, down in Texas. Uh, we were texting earlier today. It's a tough break for Mims, who's it's going to be very hard for any rookie to get up to speed and make an impact in week one. You have an injury in camp, you're in, and you're in deep trouble. And Ayuk, he's healthy for the Niners right now, but geez, I mean, asking any of these guys to step into prominent roles right, right out of the gate, and this year especially, it seems to be asking a lot. Uh, but who knows? Good coaching down there. We know that. Out the, there. Um, up there. The, up there. I, I know it's not on the news Nailed rundown. It. But it also this this discussion kind of remind like just makes me think of rookies and how Doug Peterson, another good coach, is talking like there might not be many snaps for uh, Jalen Hurts. Not Jalen Hurd. Not, it's a little confusing. You know, the quarterback, the the Eagles drafted in the second round, might not be many snaps for him in camp like there would be for a normal camp because they're going to get Nate Sudfeld ready to be their backup. And like this is sort of the the third level effects I think of the pandemic of just like they don't have time to be developing rookie quarterback. Tim Boyle might be the backup quarterback in Green Bay, not Jordan Love, because they don't have time to develop a, a rookie quarterback in this camp. Let's talk some positive injury news. Alex Smith, who, of course, trying to make his way back from a grizzly leg injury that required 17 different surgeries. The Washington football team officially. And by the way, I was getting hit on Twitter last week. Apparently, I dropped the R word and nobody correct me. Please correct me in real time if you hear it. And I'll do the same for you. You know, we got to. I did the same recently. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. Your your mind has been saying it all these years. Stuff. Your mind. Anyway, Alex Smith has been activated uh, from the active pup list by the Washington football team. The 36-year-old quarterback now potentially enters a uh, a competition at quarterback. As you know, we talked about this a week ago. Ron Rivera said that if Smith is activated last week, uh, he's going to be in the throes of competition for the team's starting quarterback spot. And I know... Wes, there was a video that was sent out corresponding with this move by the Washington football team that showed Alex Smith stepping down his front step from his door to celebrate with his family, and it was a really nice moment, but a lot of people on Twitter couldn't help but notice that he kind of gingerly took that step uh, that step down, the one step, to celebrate. And uh, I feel like that's something to monitor. You just hope this guy is going to be healthy enough. But also the people, Wes, that are on Twitter saying he shouldn't be doing this off watching that video, that does that is not your call to make. So get out of here with that trash. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to argue with any of that. It's not their call to make. And th- this what, what this news means is he's competing, that he's playing football, and whether he's ready to or not, he's going to be there. I, my my expectations are low. I just based on what he was doing before the injury, based on how he's moving now and, and how he may reasonably be expected to move in the future, my expectations are really low. But this is a situation where I'd be I'd be so happy hmm. for Alex Smith to surprise and shock everyone. Well, you saw how much it meant to him and his family, so that it does make you 
uh, feel better about it because I, I I'm not someone who would be commenting on Twitter, but I think just like any human, you'd be and you mentioned this last week, Dan. Just you'd be worried that he's going to get hurt again. But when you see how much it means to him and his family, you can't help but be happy for him. And maybe maybe he can kind of be the new Josh McCown, or at least for this Washington football team season, he can be the. The veteran who's been there, who's seen it all, who's so smart, who's shown he's good with young quarterbacks, that is an asset to be with Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen, two young quarterbacks. Even if he can't play, like you're, you're paying Alex Smith anyways. He he got one of the best contracts the quarterbacks um, received, I think, in terms of it being player-friendly in the last number of years. He's getting paid a lot of money this year, whether he's there or not. So you might as well keep him there and and be a value add to your team. You know how to ensure he doesn't get hurt? Don't never play take Never take any risks ever. Never take any chances. I mean, it, of course there's a chance he's going to get hurt. But look, to me, what he's right. accomplished just in getting to this point is worth, worth everybody's admiration. Yeah, and people, the disparaging comments you, you see on Twitter, like, listen, you only get one shot at this. I mean, the, just, like life in general, uh, but especially when you're talking about a professional athlete and you hear these guys talk about it all the time when their career ends it's like another type of death for them they they almost die twice in their lifetime so he's not ready to to end this part of his life so just be cool with him support him because he deserves it just because you're scared doesn't mean everyone else has to be scared exactly i think it's courageous that he's trying to do this um moving on kenny clark gets paid by the packers the nose tackle signed a four-year 70 million dollar extension Takes him through 2024, includes 25 million uh, signing bonus. He is now the highest paid nose tackle in football. He was playing on a fifth year option, set to be a free agent. The Packers find a way to make him work with the books, and they get Clark under contract for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I remember Wes and I like talking last year. Just can you believe Kenny Clark? Because he's a guy who's gotten better every single season. I mean, he he's a true nose tackle. There's not that many of them in the NFL anymore who truly play over the center. And there's no one, there's none that are as good at stopping the run and now affecting the passer. I mean, he was a great pass rusher. I think the combination of him and Zadarius Smith, you've got two of the very best players at their positions next to each other. And that's a big time problem, and that's why he got paid like he did. I mean, heck, he got more. We talked about George Kittle's money. He got more than George Kittle did, really, in terms of per year and in terms of the signing bonus. Wes loves him a little scientist tape on Kenny Clark. Oh, he's got a generic name, and he plays a position that was, you know, way more popular in the 1990s than now. So people don't really know him that much. But I remember doing research for the playoffs last year, and statistically, he was Aaron Donald in the second half of the season. His stats were like mirroring Aaron Donald's stats. From October through January, he was that good. Nose tackle is not a glory boy position. No. <laughs> you know, you're you're doing the grunt work. You are supposed to absorb as many uh, offensive players on the line as possible to free up other people to make plays, and that's what he does on that defense for the Packers. So it makes sense. Smart people in that building. Lock in the guy that can do that. Uh, in other news, Des Bryant. Oh, Des. We all... <laughs> admire Dez as a player, what he was able to do during his Cowboy glory years. Uh, but it's been a while now. He's 31 years old. He's turned, turned 32 in November. He's been out of football for a while, and he re-signed, of course, with uh, – he signed with the Saints last year and then promptly tore his Achilles, costing him a chance uh, at another Super Bowl run 
Well, Tom Palacero of NFL Network reports that the Ravens are expected to host the free agent for a workout. The Cowboys have also been floated as a possibility, Wes. Uh, I don't know what what real analysis about Des Bryant in 2020 can anyone give, but this is a guy that seemed to be in obvious decline uh, in 2017. What can you expect from him if he ever got on the field now? Yeah, we know that when the Cowboys got rid of him, it was because he couldn't move like he, he once did. He couldn't run. He couldn't jump um, like a starting NFL wide receiver, and that's why he's not in Dallas. That's why he's not playing for anyone in 2019. And now that's why he, he's got his work cut out for him to make a Ravens team where they have some really good young wide receivers for maybe the first time in the history of their mm. franchise. Mm. I, I've got some analysis, you know, Dan. Sure. I mean, you, you put it out on the table. You can't come up with any analysis. How about this? Him working out is interesting just because it's, it's not Antonio Brown working out. They have a couple veterans going. It's not Antonio Brown. It is Des Bryant. So it's like this is what you would do on like a first take type show. Okay, maybe the story itself isn't that interesting, but you add in some splashy uh, mm. other topic into the new. You know that's how that's how the game is done, Dan. Smart, done. very well played there by you, Greg. <laughs> I De, if we had to make like our all ATN team 2013 to pre- present, Des would have been there. And I'm kind of it's a bummer that his career. He had 16 touchdowns in 2014. He was one of the best red zone guys of last decade. Maybe at his peak, I, I wouldn't want anyone else inside the, you know, 15 yard line when you needed a score. Uh, but like we said, it's been a while since we saw that guy, but good luck to him. It seemed good especially luck, cruel last year. That was an awesome Saints team. I know they flamed out. Uh, in the wild card round of the playoffs, but it seemed like Dez was really set up for a nice little fairy tale potentially there, and then the football gods pulled it away from him. All right, finally in the news, Kim Jones, our own Kim Jones, in the NFL Network had an interesting nugget here on Joe Judge, the Giants' first-year head coach. Uh, they noticed during uh, practice that the Giants players don't have names on their practice jerseys. Why? <laughs> Judge says, we should know who we are by the way they carry themselves. It's important to know the person across from you by the way they move. <laughs> yes, folks. It's Joe Judge and the case of the nameless jerseys. Need Frank Signetti back on the case. <laughs> what a we need the, this. We got to fill out this entire district attorney office, the police force, the PIs, the judges. But we got Judge. Well, you got Joe judge. judge, and you're all set there because this guy doesn't take any BS. He controls that courtroom. It's really as simple as his last name is Judge that uh, this story uh, entertains me. But it is also that he has he makes these declarative statements. You should judge. We need to be judging people by the way they move. Judge. What? I don't. I don't. Is that? Do you want me Why to is, judge you, Wes? How by how you are moving? Why is it that every story associated with this guy is him treating his players like they're high school kids? Well, it goes it goes further than that. There, there was another part of this story. That he's making players do laps when they make a mistake. Yeah, that's pretty normal. But he's making the coaches do laps when they make a mistake, too. Yes. I never, yes. I, never I love that. Thing. I've never it's such a, 
I can't think of a better franchise for a coach to be acting this way. It's such a right. Giants thing to be doing. It's like 1936 in that building all every day. You take the laps too, Jason Garrett. There are there are consequences for making mistakes, says Joe Judge when asked about the the coaches taking the laps. I mean, I don't know. We are all accountable. All right. That's what's happening in the news. All right, as we said, yes. We don't know if there will be a team of ATN this year, but what we do know is that if it's going to happen, we need to get buy-in from Chris Wessling. Because we know what happens when we don't have Wessling buy-in on the team of ATN. The whole thing crumbles. (laughs) Mark almost had a psychotic break during a Vikings five-game losing streak (laughs) when the Vikings were the team of ATN a few years back. That didn't have the room buy-in. So I would have PT in. if you showed me the text that Mark was sending at like halftime of some Monday night football game right now, I would have PTSD. I mean just re- just reading his text would give me PTSD. As soon as the words were out of his mouth to nominate the Vikings for Team of ATL that year, he immediately regretted it and hated himself. And us. <laughs> and <laughs> us. He did. Because we that put responsibility on his shoulders and he wanted nothing to do with it. No, he struggled with it and uh I'm glad he's not here to relive it right now because that was tough. So there, there are hard lessons to learn when the team of ATN uh, doesn't have buy-in from Chris Wessling. So let's do this in kind of the most, the most pragmatic way possible here, Greg. Why, if there is to be a team of ATN, let's like have Wes putting in the foundation, pour the concrete, yeah. put in, you know, the the iron uh, foundation of it all. I don't know. <laughs> I don't build things. Um, Wes. Bricks. Why don't you share this? Yeah, bricks. Bricks are good, too. Now, I was talking about the iron steel beams. We should have Pete Carroll on the show to talk about steel beams. <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> that guy knows about steel beams. All right, Wes. Let's well, go through a few teams. Maybe Greg and I will chime in and try to sell you on a team as a possibility. Uh, you get us going here. Well, the way I approached this exercise was to think back to 2013, that initial organic team Magic, of ATL. Magical, really. the, the Carolina Ooh. Panthers with Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley covering all kinds of ground on that defense. What, what we did was fall in love with one side of the ball, and that's usually how team of ATL works at its best. Hmm. Well, maybe it's the 2015 Cardinals offense that we know is going to be much better than than most people think, or the 2013 Panthers defense. So I'm looking, I kind of look at one side of of the ball here, and Buccaneers defense has me really intrigued because everyone's talking about their offense. They might not be a candidate just because they're too trendy overall. The Broncos are another trendy team, which bothers me because they check most of the boxes that I look for on a team, and and I like their young offense. I think they have a lot of... I don't think they're that trendy. They're trendy in your heart. You've been on the Broncos bandwagon for a while, but are they trendy? Every time I walk by a TV, they keep talking, they keep saying, the trendy Denver Broncos. Mm, Okay. So, those are two teams I'm thinking about. I I think the Buffalo Mm. Bills are always on the periphery for me. Um, They don't get a lot of attention, and I believe their their defense is already one of the best. Their offense um, is not one of the best, but they've got some room to grow. Mark, we know Mark loves uh, Mark loves the Bills. I, I'll I'll just first give you um, 
you know, a round of applause or just an appreciation, Wes, that you that you're going along with this entire segment. That now you used to fight so hard against the notion that there was a team of Westiel that that wasn't even true. Uh, but well, now we're I doing entire segments based around had, that premise. Well, I remember a few times I tried to save you guys from your own choices, but it didn't work out that way. So I just had to settle into this rule. Bucks are interesting. Yes, they're trendy and they're they're going to be on prime time, and I, I could definitely see that annoying. Um, Mark, for instance, but there's something fun about uh, them for me. Obviously, not just that Tom Brady and Gronk are there. Just like it's just like a crazy experiment. And yes, we're not like picking a diamond in the rough there, but I don't think I'm alone saying I, I want to watch every Bucks game. And that's kind of the heart of what uh, this is. This exercise is partly about. I don't know if it's going to go well or not, and I don't think this is necessarily about picking teams that are going to be good but but they better be fun to watch i mean godwin and oj howard and Gron- i mean gronk being back i'm still not quite over that and Br- just the whole thing and arians like i don't know they i i am into them as kind of a, a secondary team their their ceiling their c- ceiling floor disparity is probably as yes as big as anyone in the league uh, or at least the nfc because we know all about how well the defense played at the end of the year, and Baldy talked about it as well. If they just kept that up, you got that side locked down. And then if this offense works, watch out. I mean, this team could be fighting it out with the Saints to win the NFC South, but it does feel like that. I don't know. Whenever you, you, you say things like, okay, the defense needs to be as good as last year, and then Tom Brady needs to be the Tom Brady of a couple of years ago, and then Gronk needs to still have some juice, and these wide receivers need to continue to be great, and the running back situation needs to be figured <laughs> out. Maybe too much has to transpire for this team to be the 12 and 4, 13 and 3 juggernaut, but they're an interesting team to follow because they have that, that ceiling. Well, I think the biggest thing working against them is that every TV producer in the country has already decided they're the number one team to monitor in 2020. So they're going to be force fed for some reason. I mean, for a good reason on some level. I mean, the great, literally the the most accomplished player in the league's history is joining them along with the with Gronk and and you said it with the defense and that's is not why the producers are into it but I do think that's why I, I'm especially looking forward to watching the Bucks because they'll be fine they'll be fun to watch I think whichever side of the ball is on the field give me a little JPP and Shaq Barrett like give me a little Levante David and, and Devin White um, I mean these well, Antoine are, Wingfield Jr. right the, these are entertaining players where I think and I don't know and I the one thing I like about the team of West DL or secondary teams in general is like yeah, I'm invested, but not really. Like if it crashes and burns, like it's not gonna it's not gonna kill me like it killed Mark with that that Vikings team. I mean, either way it'll be kind of fun. Well, yeah. you especially, Greg, I know you try to check your fan allegiance at the door or pretend to, but you're I in a don't. good situation because you're conflicted. Just tell me if this makes any sense at all. Just and be honest with me. Tom Brady is a bit of a c- conflicting figure to you in twenty twenty, because on one hand, you're okay with what the Patriots did, that you were fine with the divorce happening the way it was and him getting a fresh start for the final chapter of his career. But on the other hand, you won't admit it. It would have been nice if, if the two sides made nice and Brady played his whole year in New England. Uh, so there's part of it's like, I love Tom Brady. I love what he did for New England and Martha's Vineyard and the West side of Massachusetts. Uh, so if he goes Western out with another couple, Western Massachusetts, with another, yes. 
another couple of years where he thrives, I'll be happy for him. Plus, it's not in the AFC, so it doesn't really hurt me. However, if he flames out totally, it makes Bill Belichick look even smarter. And that would be kind of cool, too, because it would justify the Patriots' decision to cut bait. It'd be fine. And I now that we're having it, I'm... I feel relieved. We haven't had this conversation since March, since like you were last with us, Chris. So that's good. Uh, but uh, I, I wouldn't be relieved. It, like if he crashes and burns, I will be more disappointed than anything. Um, I really feel like I feel like I don't know what Bill Belichick feels like or if he if he has emotions. But I'm surprised more Patriots fans. And maybe they feel like me. Man, I feel a relief that he's not there. That was like a weight on the shoulders of the Patriots. And it's nice. It's nice to just sort of start over. And the fact that he's somewhere else, like if you can't, if you can't uh, appreciate the goat, you know, for what he did, yeah, that's on. That's on you. You're right. It's it's like a good situation either way. But I I feel like it's so nice to just be starting fresh uh, in New England. And it's kind of nice to watch Tom Brady start fresh too. All right, a win-win for Greg in football. It always seems to work out that way. <laughs> Wes, how about another team? I've got a dark horse, and one of us, usually not Dan, falls for this team every year, the Chargers. Mmm, was thinking about them. Their defense um, is loaded with talent. Derwin James coming back healthy now. Um, and just from the little bit of footage we got from, from Justin Herbert on Hard Knocks, he can spin it. This could be to use a Damashek ism. He can spin it, baby. I'm surprised, Wes. Not not that you know, I'm making a larger point, but guys throwing it into nets for swishes <laughs> on a football field feels like something that wouldn't mean anything to you. But you're saying it it did it did mean something to you. Oh, it's not scientific. It just it sometimes I think it's the wannabe scout in me just feels like I can, you know, just by the way he throws the ball, you can tell he's got some arm talent there. He's got a great balls. He's got a great. Yeah, ball. he's got great balls. They'd be fun. I know. I cannot imagine Mark uh, getting on on board with the Chargers thing uh, for whatever reason. But uh, I, I like that one, Wes. I think they could be a fun. Excuse me. I think they could be a fun team to watch on paper, just because they have so much like premier talent. Keenan Allen, again, Joey Bosa. I I don't think about sides of the ball, but I think about players that are entertaining that I uh, that I want to watch. Bosa, Derwin James, Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. It's just like you got players. Casey Hayward, Desmond King. It's like a fun little secondary. Uh, I would dig that. I wouldn't I wouldn't pass on your Broncos, not to circle back, though, just because you think they're trendy. I think they they could be. A, they've kind of got the old the other the old crusty coach uh, that, that people like as my son what? Walker chimes in there a little bit. I think because they I've been associated with them the last couple of years. The the Broncos and Colts Closely. are probably first and second on my list. Mm. Lock right, so here's the thing are, with Locke. I know we've talked a lot about him at all. I think oh, he's yeah. gonna be fun to watch regardless. To me, he's like a toolsy. It's either got kinda like the Bucks. Uh it's either gonna go wrong or it won't. But I, I don't, I don't think they'll be boring. I don't think I they'll don't be boring. Cause, Cause speaking of Locke, we we would have said the same thing about Drew Locker once upon a time. What an athlete. At least he'll be fun to watch one Jake way or Locker. another. Jake Locker. Yeah, Jake yeah. Locker. <laughs> Drew Locker Whatever. sounds like a terrible yeah, I think Drew Locker. Locker has already shown significantly more than Jake Locker did. That is yeah. not true. That is not true. Jake, Jake Locker, had a minute who, was, there. who was arguably going to be the number one overall pick in the draft, was almost as highly thought of as a baseball prospect as a football prospect, an incredible athlete, and had an some athlete. had some flashes as a rookie in second year where you thought this guy might be a difference maker. 
I mean, I just if a guy can't cut it, he's not going to be entertaining, no matter mm. how athletic. I he think. Is. See, I, I guess I'm. I have a low baseline where I think. I think he has a good chance to uh, be like a frustrating starter at worst, like a you know a, a Winston or a Cutler or something like that. I think there's a yeah. Good... You got you find those guys a lot more entertaining, than right? Mine. But I'm saying that's that's you know fifty times better than a than a Jake Locker. And to your point about the young guys there, Philip, Lin- you know Jerry Judy looks like he could be one of the most fun rookies to watch. And uh, you've got Melvin Gordon added to a backup. Philip Lindsay's a ton of fun to watch. Cortland Sutton's a baller. Noah, like Noah Fant. Fant's a baller. It's like these guys are, are guys you want to see. I've said everything I need to say about Drew Locke. <laughs> I know we Good need the season to start. <laughs> Good luck to him. We'll see how he plays when he gets a full sample size. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Let's um, hear a team on the Zeusers list. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, so I got to try to sell you now. Right. Tough sell in the West sometimes, so I'm going to do my best. I mean, I've got to be invested. This is this is not absolutely. And I all I ask for, and I know you're going to give it to me, is um, unvarnished honesty. You know. All right. See if I can do that. All right. So I'm I'm trying to think because I know what you like, Wes. Like I know, for instance, you my fetishes on yeah your fetishes on a Sunday night after um, a long day of work. And you go and you, you start tape dogging and you go you open up that game pass. You want something you want to go to a game that excites you, one that keeps you from falling asleep with your glass of wine. Uh, so I, I got one here for you and an offensive centerpiece for this team that's going to make you run to game pass every Sunday night. I mean, this guy is generationally talented, a beautiful, uh, beautiful athlete uh, who is just entering his prime. I'll pair that guy with a very intriguing young quarterback, oh, um, no. Here uh, we a, go. <laughs> a kid with iron will in the pocket, multifaceted abilities. Uh, you love the sport, Wes. Like you have a love affair with football, and you've read every football book that matters, so you understand the importance of history. Well, here is one of the NFL's Tiffany franchises, one of the signature mm. franchises. You have. A general manager who is an intriguing personality who's had some missteps. Uh, but you know what? He owned up to him earlier this year. He said that he made some miscalculations about how to steer the franchises. But now he's a man in search of redemption. And who amongst us uh, should turn away from someone that admits that they were wrong and wants to do well? And finally, a head coach that graduated magna cum laude from <laughs> Belichick University. And won't say his player's name. Magna, come. <laughs> loud, loud, eh? <laughs> Joe Judge, baby. The New York Giants. Eli's gone. New era. Flawed team, but potentially a fun team to get behind as they try to enter mm. the next wave. Got several things working against him, not least of which is an NFL head coach treating his players like children. That that would be problem number one for me. He's a leader. He's a father figure. He's right. a judge. Like this is a nineteen thirty <laughs> Boys Town movie or something. All right. What else? What else what, about what, what I said doesn't make sense? No, no, you sold it well. Who's our who's catching our eye on defense there? I can't really get behind anything with that defense. It seems like a train wreck, and you just lost (laughs) 
your promising <laughs> second year first round pick safety to a, a robbery charge. So I don't know, man. I'm counting on you to figure out a silver lining with the defense. I'm more speaking to the offense and the fresh start in an Eli free world. Mm. I, I do believe their offense could be better than than most people imagine. And, and even a guy like Evan Engram, who's supremely talented, what kind of year could he be our next one thousand yard tight end? Hmm. I mean, right. all of that stay healthy for sure. All that made sense, and I'd love the attempt that you're going for like the hardest thing possible is to get Wes on board. Of a <laughs> go big or go home. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to get him on board um, with the Giants because I'm with you that Daniel Jones could be fun, but the big stinky uh, you know, part of the equation that I don't like is Jason, Jason Garrett's Garrett running here this comes. offense. Yep. Yeah, Jason Garrett's running this <laughs> offense. I knew the Jason Garrett assassination would come no, up. No, I mean, I, I'm willing. I'm willing. Talk about someone who needs, um, you know, a new narrative, a, a second chance, and a new narrative, and a, and to cha- maybe he can change it. Because you know what, I wouldn't. When I was writing about Garrett a little bit this off season and Daniel Jones, who I, who I am in, really intrigued to watch. So if you have a fun quarterback, that can make you fun. Um, you know what? Those those first years that Garrett was running the plays. In Dallas, like I was looking for some stats that maybe I would like kind of bury that they were boring or something. You know what? They were pretty good. They were a pass first, pretty good offense when Garrett was actually running the plays. Problem was, it was like 11 years ago. It was just so long ago. Um, the NFL is so different. So we'll have to see. But may- maybe maybe Garrett uh, could be the guy. When you were going through that, I was wrong about which team it was until the very end. I thought you were talking about the really? Cardinals. I thought DeAndre Hopkins was the generational talent, that Steve Kime was the GM trying to get past uh, a big mistake, <laughs> and that Kyler Murray was the exciting young quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins is an excellent, excellent wide receiver. I wouldn't call him a generational talent. Saquon Barkley is a generational talent. And even if you look at his numbers last year, he played on one leg with one of the worst injuries, a a high ankle sprain, and still had like 1,500 total yards. Imagine what would happen if the Giants actually succeeded in building a more competent offense around that guy, and then he stayed healthy. I think he could be one of the greats ever. I Mm. think he has that. DeAndre is going to the Hall of Fame. So, you know, we're talking levels of greatness. I really – he's the guy guess, who's going to end up right, in the Hall of Fame. Nobody would say he's more like a generational talent more than Julio Jones or something like that. It's fair. Maybe a step below that. But I think Saquon is exactly that when you look at the running backs. Like maybe the most talented running back to come into the league since Adrian Peterson. I would put him in that conversation. Touche. Um, and he's like 24 years old. And this is where Team of ATL is supposed to come from. It's supposed to be a little bit of a dark horse, a surprise, something nobody saw right. coming. So kudos to you for selling the Giants. Right. Here. Maybe you watch them and, and you change. It's not going to happen, mind. but, I, you know. That's I'm going to keep there. an open mind. Two, two teams come right. to my mind, but I'm going to start with, with the one that just feels like on the layup. And maybe that's why West didn't put him on his list, and which makes you a little mm. concerned. Because this is the team that I think I've got in my heart as kind of a secondary team that I'm all about. And that's the Indianapolis Colts. And I know people are going to be thinking that they're, that they're going to be good this year because they make sense. I like a well-constructed team. I like teams without a big-time weakness. Chris Ballard put this team together. Their offensive line is as stable as any and as good as any team in the league. And when you have good offensive line play, they haven't had a, a single guy change spots in three years, which is almost unprecedented. Miss a start. So you hope you keep that luck uh, going, but when you have a good offensive line, you end up having good talent at shows, showing up on offense. And adding Philip Rivers to this mix to me is uh, just a delightful narrative, but also a on-field uh, 
you know, revelation for them that they're going to be fun to watch. Because Rivers, even last year, to me, was fun to watch. He's going he's gonna to attempt the throws. T.Y. Hilton is there, always fun to watch. Uh, Jonathan Taylor added to Marlon Mack. They should be good on offense, and the kind of the storybook of it all, of Rivers going for it and having a legitimate offensive line and having a legitimate team for a first uh, time in a while with a pretty fun-looking defense, too, with Darius Leonard, to me is uh, irresistible. I'm just going to be rooting for this team. I think they check as many boxes as any team for this exercise. There are... There's one huge one that they miss on, and, and there's nothing really they can do about it at this point. They play in a dome, so I mean, mm. good luck with that. Mm. I mean, just let Rough. some natural light in once Plus in a, a while. Plus, a dome during a pandemic—it's yeah. not as Grow safe up. as the outdoor stadiums. Another downside for the dome. In this household, we like Mother Nature, so we're going to root for that. Um, and then the other thing—I mean, Greg—I've just realized over the years, our tastes in quarterbacks are just way different. And Phillip Rivers is one thing I hold against the Colts right now. If he plays anything like he played last year, that's going to be a hard team to watch. He was hard to watch last year. I didn't think he was fun at all. I thought he was a boring quarterback and a bad quarterback. So he's going to have to play a lot better. Yeah, he had the worst tackle combination in the in football. And I think a quarterback like that, he's only going to be as good as his protection. And so he needs it. But it looks like he's kind of found the perfect team. I mean, you got but Sam Tebby. Can you just throw it 20 yards downfield on a lollipop and expect your receiver to run under it every time, and that's your offense? He's going to count on a lot of timing, which will be interesting with a whole new set of receivers. They're hoping rookie uh, Michael Pittman is a big part of this group, and they haven't had the time to like get that? that timing. So so it's definitely it's not going to be easy Campbell for Rivers, back. but I, I, I'm fascinated to, to see them because I think they could be a legit contender um, if he plays well. I agree. That's a big if. Got another one, Greg? I, I, I do. Before we go, I mean, I, I have. I should. Someone should say it, right? I mean, the the most oh, obvious, yeah. the most obvious one on the list is the is the, the the city which you got the name on right behind you, Cincinnati. Chris Wesseling, it's time to come take home. Take a trip to the Bengals, yeah, uh, and take a trip over to the Bengals you sanctuary. Know, you were early free. on the train of coming home in terms of shaving your head when it wasn't growing in. How about coming home and uh, being a real Wesseling and embracing your brothers and embracing your family, embracing your roots uh, during this time of of uh, international upheaval? What's important? Families. I understand the this Bengals is complicated, Wes. Bengals are because it's not just about football, and you're not just looking at the rosters. There's more to it. There's layers to this. The man has a dossier, eight inches thick, uh, for all the reasons why he divorced the, the Bengals as his favorite team decades ago. But maybe, just maybe, in this time, Wes, this uncertain time of 2020, um, in your in your latest fight with the Big C on our quest for. Uh, double obliteration. Maybe the time to hit the old reset button on the Bungles. Welcome to the sanctuary. Do, do the Bengals feel like they deserve it? That's always been one question. Three decades, they don't feel like they deserve to win. They don't it, trust. They don't trust that they're good enough. They they don't trust that they've learned how not to lose. They don't trust anything in that building, and they're really not sure if they can win a playoff game. I, I don't know if they don't tr- if they don't believe in themselves. Can I believe in them? Mm, I gotta admit the whole Trey Wayne's um, <laughs> complaining that they wouldn't give him his money until he showed up for camp and that he wouldn't be able to work out as much uh, because of that, oh, yeah, and well. then get injured right away. 
that his agent warned them might happen. Uh, that feels like a same old Bungles kind of storyline. Exactly. But, but you know what you you like in terms of picking the team of Westiel is just teams that are fun to watch. And uh, maybe, maybe we're not going to have a preseason, but maybe week one, week two, you'll see Joe Mixon out there, who to me is as fun to watch as any receiver. And you'll see Green and Higgins and Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd and Ross and Gio Bernard and Joey Burrow who might be the answer, the guy that this city has been looking for, who is awfully fun to watch, and that this team, maybe they're not going to go to the playoffs or win eight games, but you can be fun to watch and win six or seven games. And I I think this team could be that. Their fun to watch scale seems like it goes from from top five to bottom five. And and I noticed you didn't mention that offensive line, which has held them back. For years, I mean, we—it's it, hard who to picks even a, notice who picks the team of West DL off the offensive line, anyway. Well, I mean, you this can't. Is boring. This is boring. You're not going to get any John Ross if you can't block up front. You're not, you know. <laughs> Joe Mixon spent half of last year getting like 30 yards a game because he had nowhere to go. So these are the teams, and West. You ha- if you have another one, please chime in. But this is the team. These are the teams that have not been nominated. It's not that official. This is just. These are just talks. We're just having a conversation. Bucks, Broncos. Did you say Bills? Yep. I did. I did mention the Bills. Bills. The Demon. Uh, that was a Dan nomination. Greg nominated the Colts and the Bengals. By my... And the Chargers, uh, too. Count, West threw in there. Chargers. Uh, by my count, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven options. And that leaves all the divisions accounted for, aside from the NFC North, the AFC South, and the NFC West. Any teams from that? Those three divisions, West, that... Maybe uh, get some consideration. Which one? NFC West? Uh, NFC West, we AFC got the, South. Well, we got the Colts NFC for the North. South. We got the Colts. Oh, we got the South. Good, 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 good. So NFC North, yeah. NFC West. NFC West is out. No, no, okay. None of those teams are doing it. Hmm. They, they all, they're all disqualified for one reason or another. Um, the NFC North, the Packers are too, I mean, too much America's team. So can't have what about those lions. No. Oh, dome. Hell no. Dome. No. So West is things. not in on the lions. Are kind of frisky this no. year. Like near. I, I agree that their offense could be kind of fun to watch, but no, they they define mediocrity until they prove otherwise. I do kind of like the Bears, but how can I support a team that said we've got a chance at Cam Newton, but instead we're going to bring in Nick Foles? I mean, I, I don't want to encourage other teams to do stuff like that one other player on that 2013 <laughs> panthers team you, you said you were all about one side of the ball i mean i i remember watching uh, a young cam newton and being pretty entertained by that too so i'm just saying cam newton's out there he's playing on a new team again no the yes, patriots sir. aren't forgiven for their antonio brown sin <laughs> the days of carrying the water are over rosenthal they're long gone it's worth a shot <laughs> all right Anything else, Wes, before we close this topic for now? You know what? Anyone else intrigued by the Redskins' defense? Oh, oh, oh. The R-word. Womp, womp, womp. What, we're not? We can't ever say that again? Well, they're gone. That's not the team. But what, what about when you talk the about, like, team. the 1991, like, yeah, then Super Bowl champs? You could. You could avoid we're it gonna, if you want. But, yeah, you, that's different. Uh, Why do I Wes, want? If, Wes, it's, it's allowable. If you refer to... If you if that's how you want to go, we'll. I think ATN we could give you that wiggle room pre to twenty uh, twenty. If you want, if 
feels like if it's an honest mistake, people should just let it ride. But, you know, if we want to play no. hall monitor all year, that we can do that too. <laughs> Strict punishments wise. All right. They could be kind of fun, but that is similar to your Cincinnati organization. Oh, I know. Um, Troubles. Uh, Hey. I, I'm not. I'm not into. Let's see something more positive before I really. We did buy into just this on thing. on Monday. We saw something positive. The first black um, NFL team president was hired by the Washington Redskins. That's progress. Was his name Jason Wright? Yeah, former player. I remember him vaguely as a uh, kind of a journeyman guy. He was on the Cardinals as like a third down back. I mean, this wasn't that long ago. Um, and he received effusive praise from around the league on Monday. He uh, he also is inheriting a role which normally has a lot more power than most team presidents. And team president is a very significant role, to be clear. I mean, that's the guy running the business. But also, we used to call it, that the football czar, right? In in Washington, it also tends to have some a little more say over large swaths of the organization, uh, including the football side. So we'll see if that's the case. Um, with Jason Wright, but like, I mean, you think about Bruce Allen, no one was more powerful as a, as a team president there. And he wasn't the only one, uh, in, in the Dan Snyder tenure. All right. So the, who I almost said it, the Washington so the football Washington team, football we're going to as well. All right. Let's, let's kind of, let's bookmark this and maybe revisit. And maybe once the season begins, maybe a couple weeks in, I don't know. It's all, it's a fact finding mission more than anything else. All right, good. All right. Well, everything is kind of day by day, week to week at this point, so we can't really promise. Absolutely, anything. absolutely. It's life we're living. Nothing, nothing in life should be presumed. I guess we got to see what uh, happens with the testing, but I do feel like right now, at this very moment, there's only 15 players on the COVID-19 list. And the players and the teams are practicing in full pads. And now we got to see what the impact of that is in the next week or two. But, man, we're three weeks away for the season, and them really practicing is kind of the moment where I was like, okay, well, this is happening. This is we're, – we're almost there. Uh, we we got to see what happens in terms of the test results. But at least right now, the, you know, there's not many people on that list. Something very interesting happened in baseball over the weekend. Mike Clevenger and Dan Plezak, two – Quality starting pitchers for the Cleveland Indians, um, a team that is in contention in the American League. They went out with friends, dinner, and socializing uh, and broke curfew and then lied about it. And one of the players uh, actually traveled on the team plane uh, without owning up to it. And then that led to a bit of a locker room um, showdown and those two players being optioned to the the team's minor league facility, essentially, or their training camp, whatever they're calling it this year. So I'm interested to see in football because, again, this will be something to watch uh, both this summer and then when the season starts, can players be disciplined? And if they are not, will there be a similar hell to pay internally for the team being put in jeopardy both health-wise and season-wise? I imagine there will be. This is a subplot that will happen in the NFL. It just happened in baseball first. More players involved in the NFL because the rosters are so big, and generally younger players too. And less of less of a bubble situation, really, because even though the the MLB teams are not in their travel, I mean, when they're in those hotels, that's that's a bubble situation. Whereas 
players here, you know, for mo- almost every day of the season, they're going to be at home in the NFL. So it will be interesting. But so far, so good, to your point, Greg. It feels like we're on a, a, a good path right now, and hopefully it stays that way as training camp rolls on. We'll be back on Wednesday uh, with another show. And a reminder, our NFL Network program returned on Saturday. Uh, so make sure you set your DVR for the Around the NFL show on NFL Network, and you also can see that digitally on NFL.com. And I believe it's on YouTube. If it's not being put up on, on YouTube uh, by our people, I believe if you check out the Around the NFL subreddit, there is a way to see the show if you don't have access uh, to NFL Network. So just look into that if you want. And um, that's it. Wes, great to see you again, buddy. All right. That was a good one. Mondays with Wes. treatment this week? What's it? Is this a treatment, is this a treatment week? Tomorrow. I've actually got doctor's appointment today and then chemo tomorrow. So treatment every Tuesday. All right. Well, good luck with that, buddy. And I hope uh, you're feeling okay after it. And uh, love you, buddy. Thank you. Good to All be right. loved. Let's, uh, let's sign off. This is Dan Hansis, the old Zeuser, signing off for the mailman. Mm. He said good and to be loved, box. but not love you back. <laughs> <laughs> mailman. We'll get into that next time. Till Wednesday. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.